This message was recorded at North 2011, an event organised by Christ Central, part of New Frontiers. You can find out more about Christ Central by visiting our website, ChristCentralChurches.org. I'm always impressed at people who arrive at afternoon seminars, and they've chosen that instead of an afternoon snooze in the tent. So, uh, in fact, I hope it's not going to be an afternoon snooze in the main hall. But, uh, but it's great that you're here. And just to confirm, this is uh, the seminar that fits under Building Churches Through the Word and by the Spirit. Okay? Uh, my name's Roger Bai. Um, I'm, uh, I lead the team that leads King's Church Cockermouth in Cumbria. Uh, that's, for those who don't know where that is, that's the extreme west kind of Cumbria. And, uh, and just thrilled to be here in the north and part of all that God's doing. And I will be doing half of the seminar. And the other half is going to be led by my good friend, Chris McLean, who I've known for about 20 years now. And uh, literally, we've worked together in many situations. We've been on the eldership together in a church in Sevenoaks in Kent, in the southeast of England. And uh, but a fit, about six or seven years ago now, Chris uh, really had the call of God to get over to Canada and has planted a very, very good church there that is just east or just west of Toronto in a place called Oakville. And he's going to be really helping us in the second half to be looking at the whole thing of building through the spirit with particular emphasis on the prophetic. And I guess I could say many things about Chris, but I think the top thing I'd want to say this afternoon is that Chris is one of the most prophetic guys I know. And I've been with him in many situations. He's traveled with me quite a bit. And uh, I've known things he's not known. And he's spoken really with the uh, insight that only God can give prophetically. And uh, so I believe we're going to hear Chris uh, kind of sharing from his heart from... uh, really kind of one of his, where his, one of the areas where he's mainly wired, I feel, one of his top gifts is in the prophetic, so it's great. So that's Chris, that's me, and what we do, I won't introduce him again, we're just going to tag it, because I think it's so important we see these things together. Word and spirit belongs together. You've already heard that a number of times throughout, the, uh, throughout this weekend, and I think it's so important we're not looking at one balancing the other, okay? It's not kind of how do we keep these two in balance, but we're looking at both being completely dependent on one another, okay? We only have the Word of God because of the Spirit of God, okay? This is God's breathed out Word. It, 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 it's, it, we only have it because of Him. And, and it's the Word of God that introduces us to the Holy Spirit, and who, who, who defines who he is, that he is God, and defines his nature. And then we find that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, that actually we're dependent on the spirit to understand the word. And so it goes on. You cannot separate these two out. And there is a tendency today to kind of think, you know, to be a drift towards either are we word or are we spirit. And here in the north, we are already convinced that the biblical, there's only one biblical way, which is to be both thoroughly, and you can't separate the two out, okay? And I hope even as we actually do have two parts to the seminar, that actually it won't come off over as two separate parts, but it'll just be 
different emphasis on the same message. Okay? Good. And we're going to open our Bibles. Okay, can you open please to Acts 20? It's always helpful when we're looking at the word bit, isn't it? Okay, Acts chapter 20, and we're picking up at the end of Paul's time in Ephesus. And what I'm going to do for this uh, first 25 minutes or so is just really look at the Word of God, how Paul built with the Word of God, because that's the key thing. We're looking for churches built by the Word of God. It's not just churches kind of informed or, or, or kind of educated by the Word of God, but actually churches built on the Word of God. I want to try and get under that whole dynamic of how do we build churches with the Word of God, okay? And what we've got in Acts chapter 20 is Paul saying farewell to the church, but particularly to the elders, and God has spoken to him about it's now time for him to move on. Now, interestingly, if you were to look at the beginning, which we haven't got time for now, but in Acts 19, you find that this very church began with the work of the Spirit. When Paul arrived in, in town, in Ephesus, he found this group of disciples, and very quickly he sensed something was missing. And so his first question was, to them was this, did you receive the Spirit when you believed? And that triggered other questions. And then we read that actually Paul laid hands on them and actually they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They prophesied. They spoke in tongues. And then we read about this church there that actually there was an explosive outbreak of the Holy Spirit. It affected, you read that phrase, God did extraordinary miracles in Ephesus. It was an amazing place where God worked. And, and, so, and even to the point where the unsaved were complaining at what God was doing by his spirit. Okay? It had mighty impact in that society, in that city, and in that culture. So it was a spirit-filled church. And yet we could ask, well, what was also Paul doing there? provoking them in ways of spirit, well, we read that for three months he was originally in the synagogue, arguing persuasively, teaching from the scriptures. And then when he was thrown out of there, he was in the hall of Tyrannus for, I think, two years, daily discussions about truth, word and spirit together. We see it there in the church of Ephesus. And now Paul's about, and he says he's compelled by the spirit And as he's about to leave them and say his farewells, we find in verse, I think it's verse 32 of chapter 20, he commits them to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up. Let's hear that. Commits them to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance amongst all those who are sanctified. You see, this is what Paul had been doing. He'd been building them up with the word of God. It actually says a bit earlier that he hadn't hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to them, but he's taught them publicly and from house to house. Okay? So there's this huge deposit of teaching of the word of God that is full of Holy Spirit activity, And now he's saying, I'm going, this is my farewell, 
but I commit you to God and to the word of his grace that can build you up. So what does that look like? Because actually, that's the vision of church building we have. Our vision is to see churches birthed, churches planted through the word of his grace. And then built through the word of his grace. And then multiplied through the word of his grace. So as Paul spoke to Ephesus, so Paul would speak those same words to wherever God has got you. Whether it's Cumbria, whether it's Yorkshire, whether it's Canada, wherever, if it's Scotland, whether it's Northern Ireland, wherever God got you. What's, what's our dynamic of seeing churches built is this. It's being built through the word of his grace. All right, if you flick over to Ephesians, Paul's letter to Ephesians. So here's Paul's writing to, to, to the, the saints there. And what I want to do is just go through a list of things pretty quickly that actually I think are keys for us of how we build local church through the word of grace. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 says this, And you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Okay? There's a thrilling, that verse sums up as it were, all that Paul has been unpacking to that point, and he uses this phrase, you were included in Christ. And I'm sure most of you will know that, that, that phrase of in Christ, or in him, or in the beloved, is actually just bursting out of, those early, of, of this opening chapter of this letter. Okay? And how were they included in Christ? It was through what they heard. It's so important we understand that. It is the word of God. We, we, we are born again through a message. Okay? It, it's hearing the gospel that changes our lives. Okay? We, we love the activity of the Spirit. God meets with us. You know... The unsaved gets healed, that may well be part of your testimony, but at some point in that process, we've heard the gospel. And it's the gospel that actually transforms our lives. It is the power of God for salvation. And what it does, it rescues us out of darkness, brings us into light, it transfers us from one kingdom to another, and it brings us into this place where now we are included in Christ. It's wonderful. Okay. What does a church look like that's being built on the word of God? It's a church that knows that they're included in Christ. That is where we start. It's where Paul always starts when he writes to the other churches. He's reminding them who they are in Christ, that we're not sons, we're now forgiven, we've, we're, we've got this mighty inheritance in Christ, we're now loved in him, we're in the beloved, we're in Christ, we're included in him. It's so 
vital we understand it, that actually there is no other way to build than this. Okay? And that's why I believe this is the message of grace. This is why Paul commits them to it. It's what Paul's taught them. Either worked through the Old Testament scriptures. It's what he's laid into that church. And now he reminds them. And I believe he reminds them because we need to be continually reminded of it ourselves. Please, please, never think, oh yeah, I know it. I've heard it. I've been there. I've done it. Yet, what's next? No, this is it. This is our, these are our roots. This is, it doesn't get better than this. We're included in Christ. And our response to that is to believe it. Okay, and I guess on each of these points, what I'm looking at is what the word does for us, and then what is our response to it. So what does the word do for us? It includes us in Christ. But then what does the, what's our response to that? Believe it. Believe it. This is where we live our lives, knowing who we are in Christ. It's our identity. That's our home address. It, it, that is who we are. Good. Is that clear? Can I move on to number two? You sure? Okay, number two. Number two is it equips us. And after Paul takes a lot of time in this letter are really unpacking who we are in Christ. And, and so it's a chapter one, in chapter two, you've got that we're one new man. And it, it just, you go level, it, it just packs, it fills, it, it fills us out with it. And then you get to chapter four, or you get to that stage in that letter, where he says, now I urge you, live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. And now we get into this section that really you feel Paul is wanting to equip them. And it comes up when uh, he talks about these gifts of the ascended Lord Jesus, that he has ascended on high, he's given gifts to men, he's given gifts for the church to equip God's people for works of service. And, that, and, uh, and we have to see that these gifts God gives, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor teacher, that all these have a, a word centric as a heart to them. It's not just we're impressed by what they do on the platform. It's not just we're impressed by their personality. It's not just we're impressed by, oh, he's a good guy, and oh, yes, I'm, I'm glad I'm part of that. No, they, they impart something to us, the authority and what they lay into our lives it comes through the Word of God. So I believe that the, I believe apostles have a, a unique gift in laying apostolic doctrine into a local church. So it's not just that they can give a good message. That's what Terry has been doing. I, I've just been sitting here uh, over these days, and it's more, I've been drinking in. I think this is, this is just apostolic doctrine. He's been actually revealing the Bible and landing it in the New Covenant and then challenging us with our response to it. That's an apostle bringing the Word of God and actually equipping us. The prophet does nothing other than bring 
the word of God. That a true prophet is going to be true to the word. I'm not going to say more on that because Chris will pick that up. But an evangelist, what does an evangelist do? Well, you know, there'll be the miraculous, there'll be healing the sick, there'll be things like that. But listen, what the evangelist does, he's got a me- he or she's got a message. It's preach the gospel. It's the word. These words equip. And it's not just that they preach it, see people saved, but they can equip us to be effective in reaching our friends as well. It equips us. And pastor teacher, it's not just that they come alongside and put an arm around you and say, there, 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 it'll be all right, don't worry. It's no, they feed the church. They feed, that's one of the best and most important ways a pastor serves the church is by feeding them and keeping the church in church. It equips us. What's our response to that? Okay, two things. One, humility. In fact, a very special brand of humility. You find it there in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be something humble. What's the something? Okay, just for benefit of the tape or the download, what's the word? Okay, and there's a grudging completely. <laughs> okay, not sometimes humble, not special occasions humble, not Sunday mornings at the meeting humble, which we can all be, but completely humble. Actually, to live out this calling, we need humility. And one of the key things of humility, I think, in these days is being teachable. Let's be, let's be aware of the kind of, I know it all, I've heard it all. Oh, I've heard that one. Yeah, you know, when are we going to get on some new stuff? When, come on, you know, yeah, 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 I've, I've been around a while, I've heard this. No, listen, be teachable. The issue isn't about hearing new truth, but often the issue, I think always the issue is this, is hearing familiar truth in a fresh way in a situation where you need to hear it. Okay? There's no new truth. It's not, you know, you, you, you're not going to come to North one year and say, hey, guess what? We've got new revelation. We've got new understanding. We've got, you know, chapters to add in. It's going to be the same truth, but the Holy Spirit brings it to us in our current situations. And we can forget it. We need to be reminded because of the challenges that we're in. So we need humility. We need to be teachable. And, we need, and if you're in leadership, we need to encourage that in others. So crucial. But the second response is love. Because Paul is one of the constant kind of highlight, things that Paul highlights as you come through this letter. One, uh, one place is, in fact, on that chapter 2 again, the verse 4, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And then if you were to go into chapter 5, it says this, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. Okay, so what is this word to equip us in? It's to equip us in living a life of love. That's what the message of grace looks like. Sometimes we can ask the question, what does a grace-filled church look like? What does a church built on the word look like? Is it that we're all 
correct and, and, and sound and we can win the argument and, and boy, we can do those doctrine questionnaires and you bet it, we're there, we're trained and we've got it. Yes. Okay. What's it look like? It's fruit to the church that is built on the message of grace and it's this, love. That we love God with all of our hearts. We're passionate about him. That we love one another. Is it there? Forbearing with one another. Okay. What does a church look like that is built on the word of God? You're learning to get on with one another. That's profound, isn't it? But is that a challenge? There's four of us find it a challenge. Okay, the rest of you. The, the, the rest of you are in deception, and that's a further point. But listen, it's so important we hear this. Humility and love are fruit of actual sound doctrine, the message of grace. Third thing, so it warns us, or it, it equips us, it includes us. Um, the third thing is this, it guards us. Paul again in chapter 4 says this, that we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunningness, the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. When Paul left those elders in Ephesus, he charged them. He said, watch out. He said, people will come amongst you and they will come to distort the truth. Paul so knew the value of truth in local church. He said, watch out. Be on your guard. Keep true to what you know is the truth. And it's vital for us that actually we're not just swinging this way and that way. And I think, it's, I think it might have been last night that Jeremy at one point said he's been a Christian for 30 years. And I guess I've been, I've been a Christian longer. And I know that time, you see emphases. They do come and they go. And, it's a, and you've got paperbacks that become the hit of the moment. And there's an appeal to them. Have you read dot, dot, dot? Oh, you get that. And somehow it can scratch where you're itching sometimes. I can think of a couple of books like that. There's one that did the rounds a few years back. And it scratched a lot of people where they were itching. And you sort of think, and yet you looked under it and you sort of think, this is not building truth into people. It's just scratching an itch. And we need books that actually build truth in. And it's crucial that we do that and help us with that understanding. Scripture is the revelation of God. It is our authority. It is our sufficiency. But also, truth is under attack. Beware of false doctrine, myths, endless genealogies, controversies, just such a wrong emphasis, the fashionable trends. So what's our response to that one? Be a good workman. Else, uh, handling the word of truth. Correctly handling the, tr- the, the word of truth. That's what Paul says to Timothy later. He says, correctly handle the word of truth. Okay, Paul was passionate to see Timothy getting hold of Scripture clearly. That means for us, we do need to read it. Okay? It means we need to study it. It means that we need to be careful. We don't just verse hop. We don't just take sections. Now, I'm aware that I'm 
kind of dipping in and out a bit in this seminar, but I trust that you catch behind it is the bigger picture of kind of churches built in Ephesus and how that church is to be kept in truth. Let's get the big picture. That's what Terry served us magnificently with yesterday morning, didn't he? Think, wow, this is the big picture. Okay, let's handle scripture wisely and well. Let's be a good workman. Fourth thing it does is this, it instructs us. As you move on through this letter, um, you've got some really clear instructions. Um, You've got some we've touched on already. Be completely humble, be gentle. And then you get to later in chapter 4, each of you must put off falsehood, speak truthfully to his neighbor. Just above that, it says, put off the old self, And put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And Paul instructs people in the ways of the new covenant. That's what the message of grace does. And we need to be really clear on this. That we don't use scripture as law. Scripture brings us into this new relationship of knowing we're included in Christ, establishes us in that, and in having done that, it then instructs us, because you are now in Christ, you can put off the old way of of living, and now you put on the new way of living, and this is how it's to look. So let's take the instructions of Scripture Seriously. It's clear. How do we build churches based on the word? Well, we take seriously the instruction of scriptures. And as an eldership, an eldership of five in Cockermouth, often if we're hitting issues, we're talking through what's the way forward in this, what do we think about this, we're looking at pastoral issues, then we say, well, what does the Bible say? We're often doing that. Sometimes in local church, you get folks coming to us and, and, you know, they're complaining, they're fed up with someone else and began to talk about someone else and say, oh, you know, done it again. And we say, hold on, hold on. Actually, the Bible speaks to us about this. Have you gone to that person and spoken to them about it first? Oh, no, I haven't kind of done that yet. I thought you'd understand. No, the Bible instructs us to go and do that. Church built and the word is when instructed by the word. What is our response to that again? I've said it already to be teachable. Let's uh, kind of, let's let's not get uh, a kind of X factor judge mentality where we just sit back and we listen to preaching and we listen to staff and we kind of think, yeah, that's good. I agree with that. Yeah, oh, that's a fresh approach. Great illustration. And we're not just judging things, okay? We're not just judging things, but actually, we're letting, as it were, the, the Word of God coach us, train us, challenge us, shape us, teach us. And, of course, the other thing about instruction is that we need to be obedient. Fifthly, it's be a quick one, but a vital one, the Word of God cleanses us. Again, we find in, uh, in, in chapter 5 of Ephesians, It talks about that Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her to make her holy, 
cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. It's how we're made clean. It's through the word of God, through the promise. It's here we read, if anyone confess their sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us and to purify us from all unrighteousness. We are made clean through this word. There's a revelation of God's cleansing that has come to us through his word. And there are many scriptures like that. It's how we're made clean. What's our response to that? Receive it. You know, if we've tripped up, we've sinned, if we've let God down, we've been unfaithful, and so, you know, we're carrying something, and we, and we feel that, and, 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 then, and, and, and we confess that, it's gone. It's dealt with. And yet sometimes we can still carry the feelings. We can still live as though we're still under the cloud. There's a, a condemnation hanging over us. And we need to let the Word settle those issues. We need to receive the Word. No, there's now no condemnation. I am forgiven. You know? It's not an issue of feelings. We need to receive the cleansing Word of God. Sixthly, it arms us. Okay, it arms us. And it's in chapter 6 that we read about that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. This is how we overcome the enemy. This is how we overcome the deceiver. This is how Jesus did it in the wilderness. That when he was tempted, it wasn't just willpower that he responded to. It wasn't just a superior display of strength. But he said, it is written. It is written. And how do we build with the word of God? Simply, it's this. We need to overcome with the word of God. Because the issue of this, the issue is this, that every day and all of us, we struggle with temptations, battles, trials, difficulties, and we need the word of God to arm us to overcome. Again, that's where the privilege of these days away is, that we come and we have a huge download of truth. They think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It arms us. It's not just we can go away trying to, uh, you know, not carry this whole stack of truth thinking, I hope no one jogs me. I hope no one knocks me over. I've got to carry it. No, we're armed by it. We need to take it on board. We need to, in fact, our response to it is to take the sword of the Spirit. We're to take it and we're to grip it. I encourage you to learn Scripture. Memorize scripture. Yeah, so at the time of temptation, you need to have things at hand. You need to have things to take hold of. So important. I know one of the struggles in my life has been overcoming fear. The fear of man. And fear of other things, actually. And I learned way, way years back that God has not given me a spirit of fear but a spirit of love and of, and, and of power and of sound mind. That is a high mileage scripture for me. But it's not just, oh, there's a verse somewhere that says something about, oh, we shouldn't be afraid. That's not sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit is, God, thank you, not giving me a spirit of fear, but one of love, one of power, one of a sound mind. Thank you, Lord, I don't feel it. 
But thank you, you've done it. Okay, Lord, I thank you again. And, and, and what happens? You tighten the grip on it. You hold it. It's not just you touch it. You grip it. And sometimes it is like that. You, you've got to keep hold of it. You've got to keep hold of it. It's not an instant thing. It's not like, oh, I've quoted a verse, so I'll be all right now. Okay, that's not the manner of temptation. Temptation kind of can keep coming at you in different ways. And you need to grip it. You need to take it and grip it. You need to take it and thrust it. Okay, you're not tickling things with it. Okay, this isn't fencing. Oh, okay, point scored. Okay, the whole image here is of a Roman soldier thrust. Okay, thrust, thrust. Not tickling with the point of the word. And then the last point I've got is this. Actually, the word is our, it's our message. Okay, it's our message. At right at the end of this letter, Paul says this, please pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. It is, so there's Paul in prison, and he knows it's his message. So the word isn't just about us, it's to equip us that we bring it to others. It's a message to speak. It's a message to declare. And what's our response is that? Is to declare it. Okay? That's his passion. Is to see this gospel continuing to be fruitful. Having impact. Birthing churches. Seeing people saved. And, and establishing churches. This word of grace. Okay. Chris, over to you. Okay, so any of you uh, suddenly think, hey, this guy's supposed to be a Canadian. I did bring my passport with me. And I uh, promised that all the Canadians were leading seminars. I was born there and I relocated back there 10 years ago. And listening to Roger, I think you've got a strong foundation of, of the importance of the Word of God and the importance of being a Word and Spirit people. But you know, we're not just talking about meetings. You know, churches that are Word and Spirit are made out of Word and Spirit people. Are people who love the Word of God, who spend time in the Word of God. Are people who spend time walking with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think it's really great. I think it's fun walking with the Holy Spirit. I'm glad that's the way God's designed it. When I was on the way here, um, I arrived at, at Pearson Airport in Toronto. And uh, I got caught in a two-hour lineup with the American Customs. And behind me was a girl. She was dragging a very large case. And we began to chat. And as soon as I began to talk to her, God spoke to me. About, but, uh, the Holy Spirit just said, this is the person to aim for. And so I began to talk with her. And we, we dragged through. By the time we got through, our, our planes had actually been cancelled. And we were both flown to Atlanta. And uh, we both had a boarding card with seats next to one another. So that's a pretty good, clear indication that God's in this somewhere. And so I was talking to her, and she began to share with me how her mum and dad were Christian. She'd run away from God a number of years ago. She was living with this guy who was doing cocaine. Uh, she, um, he, I mean, the whole situation was just a, a disaster. It ended up that she was going to marry him, but found he was sleeping with other men. That's the sort of indication not to get married, I thought. And uh, she, was, she was broken, and she was, shit, just, she was just there. And as we came through, 
I said to her, if you really would like to, I'm not pushing this on you, I'd love to talk to you and pray with you when we get through there. Well, we came through the American Customs, and she waited for me, and she said, let's go to Tim Hortons. I, I really would love to chat. And so we sat down, and I was able to open what? The Word of God with her. Took it out of my case and read to her Revelation 2. Get back to the place. Get back to the first love. Jesus loved you. You know, when you were in your Christian family, I was opening the Word of God to her. She was reading it. Wow, that's a bit like me. I've gone away. Yeah, return now. Listen, as, as the Spirit of God is at working us, it's the Spirit and the Word together. We love the Word of God. It's often, you know, bringing words that God has... Maybe the Spirit's spoken to us words in our lives, in our devotion times, and we're thinking, I'm not quite sure what that says today. Does anybody have a, a, a morning like that other than me? I'm not quite sure where that fits in my life when I read that. And then through the day, we connect with someone. We bring the Word of God to them. It strengthens them and encourages them. And I was thinking about this. Both the Word of God and the prophetic, they both encourage us. They both stimulate us. They both stabilize us when we're going through times of testing. They both keep us moving forward as we read them and strengthen us. And uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's so important if we're going to build word and spirit churches that we're world, word and spirit people. It's very important that we, we, we don't just say, oh, it's about having some gifts in your meeting. No, it's not that. It's actually the destiny of our lives is that we walk with the Spirit every day. That's God's desire. We no longer follow the law. What do we do? We walk by the Spirit. We don't just walk around with the Ten Commandments in our minds anymore. I must not kill Roger. I must not kill Roger. No, the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit now. What does that mean? We say we must bless Roger. I need to pray for Roger. I need to encourage Roger. We're a Spirit-filled people. Walking by the Spirit. Walking, enjoying God's Word day after day. And I, and I think, um, you know, for, for me, and a God... I, I just came into this country, and I really appreciate the fact that you've brought me back. I haven't been back to, from Canada for quite a while now. And when I flew in, I was supposed to be flying to Manchester, and they flew me to London via Atlanta. That was fun. And when I arrived there, I was able to meet with my daughter, who we left in England, and uh, actually was, uh, six months ago, came back to Christ. And you know what? I'm so thankful for the gift of tongues the Holy Spirit gives us, because there's been times I've not known what to pray. For her, but I've been able to pray the word of God. Lord, these are your promises to us as a family. Lord, these are the things you've spoken, and I've been able to speak in tongues. You know what I mean? We love the word of God, and we love the Spirit. Let's walk by the Spirit. Let's recognize that we, we want to be a people you know, who are allowing the word of God and, and the, the prophetic to remind us, and sometimes to restore us, and sometimes you know, to reconcile us, and sometimes to stir us up and move us forward. We've got to be a people of the word and the Spirit. We're not just spirit so that we just go all over the place, but we're, we're anchored in the word. We're, we're strong in the word. And yet at the same time, we're, we're responsive. We love the Holy Spirit. Such fun walking through our lives with the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to turn with me to Haggai, if you can't find it and you look in the front, I'll, I won't mind. It's interesting how the word of God has really helped me to shape prophetic things as well, but, but, but also I just think it, it, it tells us what the Word of God and the prophetic does. So let me just read to you. I'm going to go bifocal. <laughs> Actually, with two glasses, I can see all the sin in your life now. You realize that? <laughs> Let's go from uh, verse 7 in Haggai 1. Have you got that? Say yes, Chris, have you got it? Excellent. This is what the Word of 
the Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountain and bring down timber and build the house. Build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house that remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own home. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld the... The heavens have withheld the dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces, on men and cattle, on labor of your hands. And then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. And then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Jeotiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. And they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty. Let's just jump on to um, verse 2 here in uh, chapter 2. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Jeotiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the whole remnant of the people, and asked them, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord. This is what I covenanted with you, when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. Now, the reason I wanted to share that particularly is it's a scripture that I think really gives us insight into the prophetic. And it gives us insight into it because what you, what you have there is a people who are static, who've got stuck somewhere. And how often does the church get stuck somewhere? And then the prophetic comes along and it stirs up the people who are static and it gets them moving forward and building something. That's what we've seen in this conference. That's word and spirit coming together. What we've seen is prophetic words coming, encouraging us and directing us and speaking to us. And we've had the word of God bringing such clarity. What does that really mean? Live like this. Go in this way. Have this heart about you. The prophetic stirs up people who get stuck who are static. And these people, they sort of exchange their, the main thing. And it's always good. And the prophetic always wants us to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is building God's kingdom together. But they got stuck. They got stuck building their paneled houses. You know, they, they'd watch the TV programs about the beautiful homes and they were busy doing their rag rolling and making their houses look nice. But it came a time where the word of God came and said, come on, get back to the main thing. And we're told in verse 12, they obeyed the voice of the Lord. So what has it done? Why do we love the prophetic? Why do I love the prophetic? The prophetic stirs people to get on and do the things God's called them to. I had a great time with a church recently. I went there and I went there for a weekend and I had some particular things which they'd asked me to bring. But while I was there, I just felt a sense of this church has got a call to plant churches but there were some people who weren't being trained, who were a bit out of sorts with everything. 
And I was able on a Sunday morning to open the word of God, not prophesy over them, but open the word of God and speak to them about being one people, about moving together. And whether they stayed or whether they went, they were all about the work of the Lord. And it was the word of God that stimulated, oh yes. And I'm saying now, please, I'm imploring you, I'm encouraging you on the basis of God's word to fulfill the call that God has put on you as a people. And it was an exciting morning to see these people say, I'm saying, if you feel you need to respond to that, stand. And everybody stood, including the ministry team, which is always a problem. So we just said, let's just bring ourselves to God. Let's not be static in this anymore. But let the prophetic, just like in, uh, as the word of God comes in Haggai, it stirs up. That's the great thing about being in prophetic churches. Is it stirs us and keeps us moving forward. Let's just look at some of the other things is that it not only gets us going, it keeps us going. I love the fact that the second prophecy in in Haggai is this. It says this, I am with you, says the Lord. You know, sometimes I think we've got to a a place in terms of our own Christian lives and churches where we, we can despise the I am with you prophecy. But I believe this, that I am with you is the secret of success in the Christian life. It really is that that case. You know what? I am with you. I want God speaking that to me in every situation I'm going into. I will be with you. I will be with you. I believe that is what brings strength to us. We shouldn't despise those prophecies. We should embrace them. Thank you, God, you're with us. Thank you for speaking that again to us. We'd forgotten that. And that's the, that brings strength to us. It brings encouragement to us. Uh, let me exa- give you an example, all right? You can be God for a moment, all right? I was going to pick someone, but... It might be dangerous to do that. And you can, you can say to me, I will be with you. All right? Okay. I can't stay in this marriage. I, I can't lead this home group. Listen, I just can't carry on. I can't lead these people forward. I can't parent these kids. I, I, listen, I can't move into that town. It's just, it's too risky. Listen, when you hear that, that's when... You feel strengthened and encouraged. I will be with you. Isn't it great to walk through our lives knowing God is with us? I love it. Every day, getting out of bed, God is with me. It's an exciting day. What's God going to do? And knowing his presence. And you never know what God's going to do. I went to a place recently, met with a, a family. I was just meeting with them. And she said, would you like to pray for me? I said, oh, yeah, great, cool. Prayed for her. She was completely released from anorexia and bulimia. Now, I didn't know she had that. I didn't even pray specifically. It was only when I left and her husband phoned me, she said, I want you to know I was completely set free. I'm a different person. That's because we're walking with the Holy Spirit, responding to him and enjoying him every day. We also, so we see in these words, verse 14, it says, the prophetic stirs us up. And oh, how we need stirring up at times. Because we can get very stuck in the mud in more way than one. All right, as we've been here. But... It, it tells us both the individuals, it names some individuals, but it also names the whole remnant of the people. It stirs up all the people of God. And I think we need to, if we're going to build word and spirit churches, we must be responsive to the prophetic when it comes and respond to the prophetic when it comes on a Sunday or in any other context. We don't just say, oh, there was the prophetic word, but we listen to it. That we take it into our, and, we, and we're saying ourselves, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us as a people? How do we respond to this in the right way? A word and spirit people are responsive people. Responsive to the word in lining their lives up. Responsive to the spirit in hearing what the spirit is saying. Again in uh, chapter 2 verse, uh, verse 5 it says, 
that the prophetic reminds us or reveals or brings us back to the promises of God. And I find that with a, with a, with a prophetic. It, it reminds us, didn't I say that I was going to do this? That's what the prophetic does. It reminds us. It draws us back into understanding again. It, sp- it speaks uh, sometimes strength to us. In I think it's chapter t- 2, verse 4, where it says, be strong, be strong. You know, there's sometimes where we were a bit tentative about how we're going to move forward. The prophetic comes and it makes us strong. As God speaks again, yes, I am with you in this. The prophetic comes and brings strength to us. That's why we need to be listening out for the prophetic. That's in chapter 2 and verse 4. Also, it overcomes fear as it declares that God is bigger than the task. There's the bit in there where it it says, listen, these people are thinking, how's this going to be done? And he says, well, the silver is mine and the gold is mine and basically everything is mine. We need the prophetic causes us to keep looking to a big God. The God is greater than the things that we're facing. And how much do we need to know that in our lives? I love it when I gather together. I have a, a prayer breakfast with uh, some guys. Uh, we, we meet in a beautiful restaurant, which is really cool. And we eat together and pray together every week. And I love it when one of the guys says, I have this word for you. And he brings it and it brings strength and it brings a real sort of release from fear or, and, and encouragement and strength to us. And we feel equipped. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Now listen, often those words that they bring are the word of God. I was reminded of the word of God. I want to bring this to you this morning. Listen, if we're going to have word and spirit churches, let's be word and spirit people. Let's live by the spirit. Let's enjoy the word. Let's be, if we're, going to, if we're the, the people who've come to this seminar, let's be models of this. Let's live in the Spirit and walk by the Spirit. Okay, my, sorry, that went off. It, uh, it speaks often, uh, the prophetic often speaks in of God's assured promises to us. And prophets want to bring us back to Making the main thing the main thing. And so often we as churches can lose the main thing. And I, I wrote some read. It reignites passion in us. It re-energizes us. It restores us. It reorders our priorities. And it reminds us of God's love and grace and help and provision for us. As we live by the Spirit every single day. Now, you know, I could, I could say exactly the same things about... When I'm reading the Word of God every morning, it does exactly the same things. It strengthens and encourages and makes us strong. I'm just aware of the time, so I'm going to move on a bit. I just want to get back to this thing about the main thing being the main thing. And I, I sort of pulled up a an illustration this week that I found I'm not a great golfer so I don't know why I'm giving the golf illustration but at the final the final hole of the 1961 Masters golf tournament Arnold Palmer had a one stroke lead he was going to win the whole tournament and he hit an amazing one right down the fairway and everybody was clapping and he was going up and all the gallery were cheering and then one of his friends called him over and he shook his hand and said hey Arnold congratulations and he said he, he knew as soon as he shook that guy's hand, that moment, he knew that he'd lost his focus completely. And then he hit one right over the top of the green. And he hit one in the bunker as well. He missed the putt, and he ended up losing it to, uh, uh, I think it was Gary Player, who ended up 
And what he did is he, he just talked afterwards about how he'd lost his focus. Do you know, don't lose your focus. Be somebody who's daily living in the Word of God. If you, don't, if you don't find yourself living in the Word of God every morning and enjoying God's presence and enjoying God speak to you through the Word, get with someone who does. That's how I learned to do it. And also that we, we allow ourselves time to, to spend time in the presence of God. You know, I read a book a number of years ago, and uh, I think this book has helped me, and I think this principle has helped me. But I'm not putting it on you. I just want to tell you about it because I find it makes life exciting. Jackie Pullinger, in her, in her original book, Chasing the Dragons, said when she went to Kowloon, she would speak in tongues for at least 10 minutes a day. And so I've tried in my life to do that one. 10 minutes is a blimmin' long time. It really is. You won't believe how long 10 minutes is until you start doing it. But I would encourage you to spend some time every day reading the Word of God and also speaking in tongues because it strengthens us and encourages us. How do I know that? It's in the Word of God. It strengthens, it builds us up so that we're walking by the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage some of you to, to continue, you know, continue having a desire to be, you know, like Word and Spirit people, but, but actually take some steps forward. Start asking the Holy Spirit to put people in your path that you can encounter and bring His presence and, his, uh, and, and pray for and see some breakthrough in their lives. If we're going to build Word and Spirit, spirit churches, we need word and spirit people. What does, the, what does the spirit do? As we've seen, it encourages, it strengthens, it, it moves the static people forward, and it keeps the main thing the main thing. And so, and so I think sometimes if you're, if you're a preacher here, or if you're prophetic here, I think it doesn't just mean that we have a prophetic word and we just carry that. I think it's good to work in the leadership of the church, you know, with the leadership of the church and say, I feel God is speaking this to me. And then they can speak the word of God into the church to maybe correct some things and bring, some, uh, bring the church back into line so the main thing becomes the main thing again. Rog, going to hand back to you. There are two things I just feel God wants to send us out with. One is a fresh appetite for the word of God. And then a fresh desire for adventures in the spirit. Okay, so those two things. An appetite for the word of God and adventures in the spirit. And I believe there's a real heart thing that God just wants to catch us up with. And I believe in that, that actually we are all on the front line. Okay, I believe there's front line situations that God is teeing up for each one of us. And you have a unique sphere, you have a unique kind of arena that God's placed you in and as you're hungry for the word and as you're open to the spirit, I believe that there's going to be exciting things there's going to be a multiplication of stories to tell so I just want to pray for those two things now, okay thank you, Just, just, just open your hands before the Lord and just receive from him now one hand, appetite the other hand, adventures. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your word. Thank you, you are the living word. You are the word made flesh. And Lord, we come and ask you, and I pray, Father, for a fresh appetite for your word, a fresh hunger, just, uh, just awaken 
a new appetite for truth that imparts, that equips, that releases, that sets free, that we can declare. Come to it now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for adventures in the Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, fill us again. We Come, every one of us, we stand before you. Lord, just saying, fill us again with your Spirit. Let us wake up to that sense of adventure with you. Let us go to bed thanking you for ways you've been with us. Come, send us out and equip us, we pray. Or fill us again, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to finish there to keep faith with timing. Uh, But thank you so much for coming and uh, great being here. And enjoy the rest of the day. Let's be hungry for everything God's got. Okay, God bless you. And have the rest, good rest of the day.